Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steve Politi from NJ Advanced Media here again at High Point Solutions Stadium for Episode 5 of the Rebuilding Rutgers Podcast, joined by travel-weary travel beat writers Keith Sargent and Ryan Dunleavy. Hey, how was the pizza out in Lincoln, guys? My Let's start fav- with that. My favorite is the uh, – I have a week's worth of anticipation to see what adjective you're going to throw in front of our – Is that really? In, in, yeah. That's yeah. good because I spend all week thinking about it, yeah, as yeah. I'm sure you know. Um, pizza was terrible. Sarge ate it. I, I did. Wait, they, I wait, didn't wait, even you know. ate the pizza? I'm starving. Well, I – all right, I saw you. They, you. they don't offer Omaha steak in the press box. This is what happens. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't go on this trip because I have other responsibilities. I'm covering the Giants-Eagles games. I have to drive down to Philadelphia, uh, and, and before I get a text from these guys, and it's just a photo of three ginormous pieces of meat yeah. on plates. Yeah. I mean, was, there wasn't. The steak this was is tremendous. what I got. There was, we be talking, is, we, that hasn't been my my finance, my my expense yeah. report hasn't been paid. Good yet. luck. Well, I think that I think the people who run NJ Advance Media should know the way you are abusing your <laughs> me personally. When I go on the road, it's always within like TJI Fridays. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you got it was just the Mr. Martini. I can <laughs> only tell you, how, and and but then to rub it in my face, like I wasn't going to bring it up here, and I wasn't going to report your human resources. It's just a big mistake. That's all I got to say about that. The game itself. Can't we just talk about football? (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to? All right, yes, we do. The game itself. So uh, a 27-17 loss to Nebraska. Um, You know, a a game that Scarlet Knights could have won, made a couple mistakes. They were in it. Uh, You know, I guess what I got from a lot of fans, and tell me if you agree with this, uh, just the emails that there is just this sense from people, especially in the second half, that this was not a team necessarily playing to win, but it was a team that was playing not to get blown out, not to lose by 20 points. Um, you know, I guess there are some examples of that. The conservative play calling. Uh, there was a punt on fourth and, you know, eight or nine uh, with four minutes to go. Uh, I mean, what do you think? You, I mean, do you guys believe that? And, and if it is true... Is it, the, is it the right decision for, for, for this program where it is now? Yeah, I'm going to just start by saying what Chris Ash said um, today, um, two days after the game. He said, our plan going into this game was to make it a four-quarter game, and that's exactly what we did. But unfortunately, we didn't make the plays that we needed to completely come out on the winning end. Meaning, the, the, really what you take out of that quote is they really wanted to stay in the game and have a chance to win at the end. Right, right. Uh, that kind of goes with what Jerry Kill said last week. I'll read that quote. What I was hired to do is keep us in games and slow the game down and those types of things. I think we've done a good job of that in giving ourselves an opportunity to win. Yeah. They have done a good job of keeping the scores close and giving themselves an opportunity to win. Right. Here's the problem. They can't that's not how you're going to win when you don't have enough talent. If you're if you're trying to pull a massive upset, and I'll even count Nebraska as a massive upset, even though I thought it was winnable, is you have to take some chances. You yeah. have to hit them with a big play. You have to 
do something. You have to insert a variable into the game that isn't normally there. Otherwise, you're going to lose 27-17. To answer the second part of your question, I think it probably is the right thing to do because right. I think fans were tired of the blowouts. I think players were tired of the blowouts. I think Chris Ash was tired of the blowouts. Sure. I think the um, recruits were tired of the blowouts. The high school football coaches were tired of the blowouts. The media. The media tired was tired of the of, blowouts. So I think it probably – I mean right. – I don't expect Chris Ash to listen to our podcast and do what we tell him to do. But what did we say all year? You really don't expect that, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> what, but what did we say all year would be mark a successful year for Rutgers? Right. Keep the scores closer. Well, that's well, kind of what he's wait, doing. Wait, wait, wait. We said that, though. Keep the scores closer and go 4-8. and eight. Yes. Yes. They're going to yes. keep the scores closer and, and they go 1-11. Yeah. Yep. Then there's not there's not. I still think proof. they're going to go 2-10, and 10, but... Right. It's still yeah. not an improvement. And I look, uh, and again, I, I, I am on the fence on this one. This is one of these issues. I, I totally understand. They can't lose. Like, here comes Ohio State. They can't lose that game 56 nothing again. They've got to yeah. find a way to keep these. And UNLV they have. scored 20 against. I know it was uh, some garbage time. They fell behind 44 nothing. But the final score when you open the paper, I think it was 59-20. Right. Right. I think Rutgers would sign for that. Right. Oh, well, 59, really? Maybe. 59-20? 39-point loss? 20 <laughs> points against the Ohio State? 20 points? That would be the season high other than Morgan State. Right. Uh, I mean, all right, let's talk about the offense quick, too, about that. Where Where is this game, the offense now? I, I guess what you know, what can, what, when you see the way, and I, I thought the way they came out when they're they're kick, hitting the, the passes, receivers are open. They, again, a, ni- a nice play to score. They're up 7 nothing, and then you, you don't see that again. Here's what I would say. Last year, we – thought the number one problem was that they came out so flat in first quarters. Uh, they didn't sc- Last year, here's the set, they scored three points on opening drives in 12 games last year. One field goal, one possession in 12 games. They scored the other nine were punts and then, uh, you know, a couple turnovers. This year, they've had two nice opening drive touchdowns, long field drives against uh, good Washington, teams, yeah. Washington yeah. and Nebraska. And now it's almost the opposite. It's like they have figured out how to start, and now they can't sustain it at all. And Kyle Boland said to me uh, today that he thinks maybe they're once they get a lead, they're playing not to lose with the, not to lose the lead, which I think is really he a said, lead in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah that, that they uh, they come out really excited, and but they, they, they also and they let it in their quarter too. Can't sustain. They right, come right. out really they nothing after that. It's true. They come out really excited, and they can't sustain it. Uh, that's something they've got to figure out real quick. Right, and and the other part, I think this team, sorry, maybe you can address this team's built around. All right, it was wants to be a running team, and Nebraska clearly said, all right, well, you're gonna have to pass to beat us, yep. and they couldn't. No, yeah, that. there's no doubt, and you know that's where it leads to, you know, is it the run block? And we asked Chris Ash a- a- after the game, and he he pretty much said it was an all, it's everything. Offensive line, run block, uh, you know, run blocking, you know, running backs didn't really do a whole lot, mm-hmm. and then you know the pass game didn't help. I want to put something. Da- I want to say something right here, and I wrote this. The easy thing to do last year from everybody, everybody inside the program and out, was to blame the wide receivers that they couldn't get off the line of scrimmage, that they couldn't g- gain separation. They couldn't. Yeah. Except Andre Patton and uh, and. Uh, Carlton Agadosi are on NFL practice squad well, right now, true. and the wide receivers are still not right. producing. So you have new talent now. It's you know now these kids are young, and we get that. But eventually, it's got you had old kids who couldn't do it, and now they're in yeah. the NFL. Now you have young kids who were top recruits, and the passing game isn't working. So eventually, they've got to figure out a way right. to throw the ball beyond ten yards and have a completion. Yeah. Here, here's what I I don't understand. Everett Wormley was a you know he had a really good preseason. We went Correct. into you know. Training camp, think, uh, we came out of training camp thinking this kid was going to be a really big player. 
Same thing with Bo Mellon. Neither of those guys, you know, yeah. Hunter Hayek. I mean, you know, he's done a couple of things, but yeah. I really. can't explain and, the Melton thing. Melton thing's the biggest, one of the three biggest mysteries on this team. And if it's that the playbook is too complex, if they're overwhelmed, which makes sense for a freshman, right? That you would be overwhelmed, especially if you're trying to compete on special teams and on offense, and there's a lot going on in your head. And you're right to, then why is Amir Smith Marset doing stuff at Iowa? Why is Jonathan Taylor yeah. doing stuff at Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. And those are just two kids I know off the top of my head. There's freshmen all over the country, all over the yeah. Big Ten doing it. JK Dobbins from uh, J.K. Dobbins, yeah. Uh, I get, you know, but J.K. Dobbins is probably a five-star elite recruit. I'm saying there's other three-star, four-star recruits in the country contributing as freshmen. Rutgers needs to figure out a way real quick to get their freshmen to contribute better. All right, second segment. We're going to move right ahead to the Ohio State game that's coming here. And the segment, of course, is you can come home again because we know all know what this is. And it's, a, it's you know, for all of us who covered the team when Greg Shannon was here, we know he's the architect of this program. He is making his first appearance in High Point Solution Stadium as an opposing coach. Um, and I'm just curious what you think. Uh, you know, are most fans, are they going to welcome him back? Should Rutgers do something to celebrate him? You know, some kind of video a scoreboard thing. I've seen it in pro games. I've seen it before. You know, some emotional stuff that actually happens when people, you know, when, you know, a visiting player comes back to town. Your yeah. thoughts? I would say yes. I mean, it's not like he, le- you know, he he did it. Obviously, we could spend a half an hour chronicling everything he did here. But it does, Chris Ash con- said today he considers Greg Schiano a friend. So it's not like there's bad blood right. there. I don't think Ash's ego would be hurt if there was a minute-long tribute to Greg Schiano somewhere. I think for sure – can you even bring signs into Rutgers Stadium? I think for sure there's going to be some sort of sign. There's certainly going to be ex-players here to see Greg. Mm-hmm. I think for sure that Rutgers should do something to it. Even if it's not a video tribute, even if it's just a scoreboard message or something, I think they should do something. But because Rutgers fans love to nitpick, this is not Greg Schiano's first trip to High Point Solution Stadium as a visiting coach. It is his first trip since he was the Rutgers coach. Don't forget, he coached here as Miami's defensive Oh, you nitpicker. You got me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good job by you. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, I would echo that at that point. Not not the point where Dunleavy's nitpicking Politi, but I would definitely say that they, they should do something. If anything, you know, just to kind of, you know, throw uh, Graciano, you know, make him more emotional and maybe get him off his, his <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, game plan. Graciano's such an emotional guy. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. Emotions. <laughs> no, that probably won't work. But no, I think it's the right thing to do because, like you said, no bad blood. And, yeah, you know, I think a, a large – to answer your other question, I think a large percentage of the fan base respects Greg and what he did. And you know, right, I, he didn't leave to go to UConn. He didn't no. leave to you know. He did, it, it wasn't uh, people. Yeah, I think people didn't like the timing because it was right before, before signing day. day. But you know, I've talked to him about that, and his feeling was, you know what? Well, maybe that was the best timing. That class stayed together ultimately. Yeah, you know, and, and he had no choice. I mean, Tampa no, Bay, yeah, right. you know, they, yes. they, you know, they they had a job open at that time. Thirty-two NFL gigs. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> we can revisit that at length, but I remember how stunning that day was. It was. I mean, and there were rumors and, and everything. And I, when the report first came across from Tampa Radio, my reaction was, oh, come on, stop. Enough already. <laughs> no, and then within Enough three already. hours, boom, like that. I know. Within, maybe it wasn't even three hours. Maybe even Adam Schefter, who had the next tweet, said that they were close. And then by 12.30, we were all staking out players and staking Stay, out the Hail Center. We were staking out him. Get reaction. And yes. a quick story about this. Cause I, and it was dark, and I'm sitting in the parking lot because I, I was going to sit in his car. He wasn't going to leave. And he, he comes walking out the building, 
And I'm like, oh, wait. So I get out of the car. <laughs> and then he's still walking right up at me. And I'm like, oh. And I realized that he wasn't dodging us. He was going into the media center to talk to us. And then it was, I mean, he just sat down in his chair and had, like, yeah. w- had this look on his face. Like, yeah. I mean, just exhaustion and overwhelmed. Yeah. And I said, like, hey, Craig. Congratulations! He's like, well, well, thanks. It was, it was like. And know, then the next day, we were, we were both on the same 6 a.m. flight, right, going to yeah. Tampa Bay, yeah. t- Tampa, to cover that press conference. We were both uh. eating at the same Denny's. We were competitors at the time, but we we're eating at the same, you know, Denny, crappy Denny's, getting a Grand Slam breakfast and covering that press conference. I remember asking the question, like maybe 15 minutes into the press yeah. conference, he saluted me, which was pretty cool. Hey, Sarge. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> now it was one of those things where, like, I, the, the one mid- thing I said, was to, it a middle finger salute? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't he was a ruck- actually happy to see us that day, believe was, it or not. It was like was. familiar faces, I yeah. think. And, and the one thing I, I, I was talking to an insider about it this week, the one thing that, that is still to this day, in this day of age, and this was a little bit before, I mean, there's Twitter, but it was maybe a little bit before, you know, now where everything is, is reported and there's rumors about yeah. everything. But that just broke so suddenly. There was no whispers of, nope. uh, of it. I mean, you, know, you, you had heard Chip Kelly involved with oh. that job and Mike Sherman and a couple other people, but you never had heard Greg. And then yep. within three hours, it was done. And he, and I, I, he might deny it. I think Tempernetti was caught completely I off too. guard. I don't think they knew it was happening. I don't think the administration knew it was happening. No. It was just bam. Greg could keep a secret. Greg could keep. He was yes, He <laughs> was good or in a tight circle. He was good <laughs> about that. Uh, so this is the I mean, this is the other thing. Uh, obviously, it's going to be people are going to see this team where it is now. Uh, do you think the fan base would take him back if he walked in and decided to come? He's going to park uh, well, my office back. Would they take him back tomorrow? Two things. One, I think they would have taken him back two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. before Chris Ash came in. Now, I think, you know, of course, we we hear, you know, fans, and it's the reason why Ryan, I think, uh, addressed why Chris Ash isn't on the hot seat. You know, we hear, hear fans that, you know, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but there are fans who, who don't think that Ash is doing a great job. I think the overwhelming percentage of, of the fan base would say, no, two years is not the right time. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though, you know, Greg is pretty much a free agent at, at the end of uh, the, this year, we all assume mm-hmm. he's going to get a head coaching job. I think a lot, the majority of the fan base would say, got to give him a chance. Two years isn't nearly enough for him to, to implement his program, especially this week where, where you see, you know, of the course. NCAA sure. stuff that, 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 that uh, you know, developed and, you know, what, what he inherited, I think, Two years, no way is is enough. I think the we're always a little skewed, right? Because we don't hear from forty five thousand people or however many Rutgers fans are. We hear from you know a hundred people or whatever. Yes. I think those hundred people would take him back. That I think there's enough. The people who speak out, the Rutgers <laughs> fans who we can name by name and where they live, I think would take him back. I, I you might have a point. I think you're discounting a group, and I agree with Sarge that that. The, the well-grounded fans have to understand that this doesn't. It could be Vince Lombardi coaching the team. There could be issues. I think there are 30% of the fan base who are skeptical of Chris Ash because of the start. Yeah. I don't. Th- I, if you divided that 30% up, I don't think a majority of them would say right away. Of course, we'll take Shannon back. I think you know that there's there's also division about whether or not he. You know, I mean, he started I, out slow. I, I he cover, didn't win a big game. He didn't. I mean, there's let, a lot of stuff what when it he is. was here. I mean, Greg Schiano got Rutgers good in a big East without Miami mm-hmm. and Boston college and Virginia tech. What Chris Ash is doing, he has more 
we've said this a million times, right? He has more resources. He has a better facility. He has a better talented team, more talented team. He has an NFL. Rutgers has an NFL legacy. Right. He has a lot more to work with, but he has a lot bigger mountain to climb. He's climbing <laughs> the biggest mountain. Greg Schiano climbed a pretty big Still mountain. Still doesn't condone Eastern Michigan. But we did this well, last week. I know. Greg Schiano had 14 <laughs> Eastern Michigan. He did. He did. But he was no game day genius. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But I think we are seeing one thing, and, and by the way, how difficult it was to build this thing. Okay. I think that's what we have learned in the okay. four years of Kyle Flood, how easy it was to completely Tear it rip up all of it and get rid of it. And now we're seeing, because Chris Ash is a smart dude. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no question. We can, nope. He is as smart, as hardworking as they come, and he's running into this this thing that this is this, this is not an easy job. By the way, a there's a lot of pushback, yeah. basically. Right. A little inside baseball, and I, I don't know how Ryan's going to enjoy me telling this story but back in maybe 2002 Ryan was with the Targum at the time and he, and we were on a conference call a Sunday conference call that Greg used to have and Ryan asked a question and Greg got abrupt and he was like who is this <laughs> and Ryan had to repeat his name as Ryan you know from, from, from I've been covering you for two years for the Targum <laughs> and, and I don't think Ryan has forgotten that <laughs> I don't forget you don't want to get into who's more petty yeah, with oh Ryan that's great hilarious yeah. all right let's move on to true or false uh, as with always, just give me a true or false answer. We will come back to the hot button topics you disagree on at the end. Number one, Kyle Bolin is still the guy. True. True. Okay. Uh, number two, it was a mistake not to play Jonathan Lewis more than one snap against Nebraska. True. False. Wow. That's going to be an interesting one. We'll come back to that. Uh Blesson Austin, who is lost for the season, as we learned today, uh, will be a bigger loss in 2017 than Janarian Grant was in 2016. False. False. We'll find out. Uh, Janarian Grant is still going to make a major impact this season. True or false? True. False. Uh, Rutgers will allow five or more sacks against Ohio State. True. True. Oh, wow. Uh, team speed is emerging as the biggest issue on this team. True. False. Ohio State fans are going to outnumber Rutgers fans on Saturday. It'll be close. False. <laughs> true. Wow. True. Uh, the running game issues are solvable with personnel changes. True or false? True. Huh. By running back personnel? Any personnel. True. Right. Uh, and finally, uh, Saquon Barkley will win the Heisman Trophy and then thank Dunleavy for motivating him when he does. That would be awesome. How many truths can I give on that? I'll uh, say an emphatic true. False. He's not going to thank you? Or you don't think he's going to win the Heisman? I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. Wow. Gee, wow. Oh, Interesting. Boom. Good. Penn State. Oh, boy. Can't wait till I tweet Are you this listening? Out. Maybe we'll get, we'll get some Penn State. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, if you watch that game. Best player in the country. It's incre- that aisle He's number two on my ballot right Who's now. Who's number one? Baker, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Really? Yeah. Why? I mean, the way he went into Ohio State, threw the ball all over the place in the second half. Huh. Because uh, Saquon Barkley w- didn't play a road game this past week. He played Iowa. Well, Iowa <laughs> underdog to Michigan State. Iowa, did they beat Michigan last Iowa. year? Does Iowa have a reputation listen, of, of, of pulling up? I think Saquon Barkley's second I mean, on my ballot. He there's had no, 200 and something with that. Some of those what's runs. Wrong with being I think what he's got, what he's got, and what's going to win is he's got some of those highlight plays now that you're yeah. like, wow. 
yeah. and that's what and that, that's what you get. I mean, you know, he's not going to have the numbers he even like turns kicks. I right. mean, the guy you know does so much. I mean, come on, it's hard to go. All right, going back to Lewis, which I thought was interesting. You said false. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have played more in that game. Why not? I did. Uh, I don't. I uh, truthfully, I listen. This isn't. As shots against Jonathan Lewis, because I firmly believe Jonathan Lewis will have a good future at Rutgers. I firmly believe he's the quarterback of the future. I do not think Jonathan Lewis is ready. Huh. I'm not sure when we played True False earlier this season if I said he should redshirt, but I was flirting with the idea in my head. Um, I think you said true, yeah. I think uh, you, you, uh, you said it. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a fan of forcing somebody in. Who and I think we saw even against Morgan State that he threw two passes, and one was a read option pass. I still haven't seen him drop back and pass the ball. And I just don't think, especially against Nebraska, which was geared up to stop the run, if you put in Jonathan Lewis, right. and it was one of those hold up a sign, Jonathan Lewis is running, yeah. I just don't think that was going to do anything. <laughs> so to me, should he have played more against Nebraska? Yes, if he was going to air it out and use, even if he was going to have bad stats, use it as a learning experience mm -hmm. to throw the ball. But if it was just going to be bring Jonathan Lewis in for 10 runs, then no, I don't think he should have played. Uh, I'll say two things. I'll, I'll say, one, he scored five touchdowns against Morgan State. I know it was Morgan State, but... Two, the offense was not effective against Nebraska. Right, right. And they had a lot of those short yardage situations. You know, maybe one of those give, give Nebraska something to think about. Even if they weren't going to to have a gun run, let him hand the ball off and give him something else to think about. That's just because I now have my computer in front of me. Baker Mayfield, 75.2% completion percentage. 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Okay. All right. Well, you're not – it's not indefensible. I'm just, I'm just a little surprised. Uh, on the Lewis point, I think that uh, – totally think he should have played more. And I think he's – if he doesn't play more against Ohio State, especially if the game goes as we expect. If this is a – the Buckeyes are up 21 points, and, and you know, this, like, just let's see what he's got. I mean, it's just – you know, I mean, let him play. Let him throw the ball. Let him run an offense. Let him have a series. I suggested, and this might be an overreaction at the time, but I suggested in print that, you know, give him the second half if need be. And then you can – then you've got a whole week. You've got a bye week here. You can evaluate this for, for Illinois and for Purdue and beyond and, and maybe get him a bigger role. I think what we're finding now, and I don't know what – you know, I, I understand why Bowen's the starter and I, I supported it and I still think he should start. I think we're finding that he's a limited player. And, I, and it's hard not to – it's hard not to argue that point even with – you know, the problems with receivers, we see passes that are off. We see, you know, the offense is just lacking any sort of spark. Or, uh, I, I just, I think this he, is an opportunity to give you something. I think he can manage a game. It's what I wrote the other day. I think he's an effective game manager, right. but that's not what they need right now. I think they need to stretch the field a little bit more. And I think, I don't know if, if he's the type of guy to, to do that and to rally a team I, back. I think it goes right back into the first thing we opened this podcast with, well, after the stakes. Um, which is, I think Rutgers is playing to be competitive, and Kyle right. Bolin gives them a chance to be competitive. He certainly gives them a chance to beat either Illinois or Purdue. Yeah. Um, if they lose those two games, do I, I expect Jonathan Lewis will probably be playing the majority of games after Purdue. That would be my thing. All right, fair enough. Here we go to the fan base, the Big Ten fan base that we pissed off this week. Ladies and gentlemen. You should know this song by now. You should know this song by now. I still, I just go back to it as being like a really, you're a big, you're a huge program. How what? is this your, this is the best you could do for a fight song? I mean, the Rutgers fight song is better than this. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, there's my quote tweet for this podcast. Right? Yeah. Wait, give, all right. 
anyway, so this is what happened. I, if you guys were following this online, so we I had a little bit of fun with what happened at the end of the. This is getting old, I know, but the fifty-six nothing blowout of Georgia State. All right. And this is the observation. I'm going to go on a little rant here. It's the observation I'm going to make about Penn State fans. And I realize you probably could make this observation about just about any college fan base. I get it. But it sure seems like, it sure seems like to me that Penn State fans are much more extreme when it comes to ignoring something that is right in front of your face <laughs> and, def- and defending the indefensible and I might be referring to a faction of the fan base that still wants to put a Joe yeah, Paterno statue on the campus of this university, despite what is right in front of your face. That's not the issue I'm getting into here. This is James Franklin <laughs> calling a timeout to ice the kicker against Georgia State. I'll never have as good a rant as Mike Francesa. It might be his last great rant, but his point was so accurate, and I agreed with it and wrote it, and that riled people up who were certainly just convinced that we were that we were making, you know, that this was there's not an issue. He wasn't trying to ice the kicker. Well, he was. He trying was to trying to ice the kicker. <laughs> and even if even if you even if you think that. All right, if you believe what he said, and believe me, this is, again, this is James Franklin. Let's know who you have as a coach. He's a good salesman. He's done a great job building this program. The great man leader. has a history. Uh, is not, he's a liar. He, does, he, he, a liar. Has, he has a history yes, of yes. lying about much lying more, about more important things, things than this. So accept that. He's your guy. And, and, and you know what? And I like the Penn State fans who fired back at me and said, I don't care. You know, I don't care he he did it. He's our coach, you know, but that doesn't mean you still can't. I mean, that's it. That that college sports is so much. That's one thing I've learned since I've since Rutgers has joined the Big Ten. One thing I've learned is that because this wasn't the case in the Big East uh, or the American Athletic Conference. College sports is just about blind loyalty. Like, I don't care. You're wrong. My guys are in the face of all evidence like it, why I don't understand, and th- to me, pro sports is like this a little bit. You can criticize the Yankees right. and still be a Yankee fan. You can be like, "Oh, I don't understand. Girardi's bad with his bullpen." Blah 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 but blah. T- but I'm still a Yankees fan. Right. In college, it's like you cannot say one wrong thing, or you are therefore your Penn State fan card is revoked. Well, I mean, it goes back to the NCA stuff, which broke on Friday. And how many times did we get? Well, what about North Carolina? What about? Yeah, you know, I mean, how many times can I say it? I was horrified. Yeah. yeah, as a North Carolina alum, but people are like, well, you don't write about that. I live in New Jersey. It's just, but, but but the point, but that's the point. I think most most North Carolina fans I know are horrified by it. You know, yeah. I mean, but, but it's like we're reporting on Rutgers. <laughs> Why, you know, it's not right. us. It's the, you know, blame the NCA. But I we keep on talking about mean tweets. I will say, speaking about the NCA stuff, Bill DeBeal, who is a former Rutgers, a good friend uh, of the player, podcast, by yeah. the way. He, apparently so, yes. but he, you know, and he, former captain, shout out I to guess. Bill. And he, and he gives it to us like when, when you know, when, right. when he doesn't like what we write. But I will give him credit because not too many fans uh, gave us credit like this, but he said, quote, I am embarrassed that I supported Kyle Flood early on. My, apology, my apologies to Steve Politi and, and Key Sergeant for my responses to your coverage at that time, mm-hmm. which you don't get that 
I, all that no, often. Absolutely. I not. can count probably on one hand and have a couple of fingers left over about how many. And that's not what we're looking for. But you know, <laughs> we we talk. We spend so much time talking about mean tweets. That was right. a nice tweet. Yeah, that that's was a nice not. Tweet. That is what I'm talking about. That that doesn't mean he's not a Rutgers fan right. anymore. But you know, and, and he can that's, and he can disagree with us in yeah. the in the, on other issues, and it's yeah. fine. And yeah, but yes, Th- that's objective fandom. That's all. Correct. That's all I ask right. for. All right. So hit us with the mean tweets as usual, Dunleavy. You've got 53. Yeah. Them. So it all goes back to what we'll talk about a million times on this podcast probably Saquon Barkley yeah. the tweet I sent in September 2015 which read Penn State running back Saquon Barkley is a former R football commit not sure where he'd fit in this loaded backfield hashtag chop nation so hashtag chop nation not my finest tweet <laughs> hasn't aged well um so here's some <laughs> stop me when there stop me when you've heard enough <laughs> This dude thinks Saquon Barkley would have trouble getting playing time at Rutgers, and he gets a Heisman Trophy ballot. Slap you in the forehead emoji. Then, you are one of the most biased writers I have ever come across. It would make sense if you wrote for a school like Ohio State, but RU is garbage. Okay. Then there's, this is the same dork who whined about Michigan's lack of a roster. What a clown. Then... (laughs) Then there's, I'm drinking beers out of a rolled-up printout of this tweet. I mean, is there, is there a time limit on, on the mean tweet segment? Where I mean, w- holy Where cow. would he fit in at your mom's house? Well, that, that's, that's, <laughs> stop, I can stop you there. <laughs> we have a winner at your mom's house. And he was a nice kid. I, I'm sure he'd have a good time. Mrs. Mrs. Dunleavy, believe it or not, makes great Italian great food. Great food. Yes. Um, it was hard to watch that game, though, and not think Saquon Barkley was – Kyle Flood got a commitment – how did, from, how did that from happen? From the best player in college football, maybe, and at one at one and time, he didn't recruit Akram Wadley, who was the second best player on that field, who would be the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year if not for Saquon Barkley. Would be Akram Wadley from Newark. Matt Stammeyer just wrote a great story yeah, on him. Check yeah. it out if you haven't seen it. Um, just mind blowing that those two running backs are from like are tied to Rutgers and they're tearing up that game. And w- at one time, and this happened. This happened. Saquon Barkley called Kyle Flood and said, I want to play at Rutgers. That happened. I mean, he might have only thought of it. You know, he might have slept on it and said, Norris Wilson. That happened. Norris Wilson. Norris Wilson found Saquon Barkley. Found him? Like, discovered him as a young, like, maybe a freshman at a camp and said, we got to get this kid. And Saquon Barkley grew up a Rutgers fan. Grew up in the Ray Rice era. Grew up a Rutgers fan in Pennsylvania and wanted to come to Rutgers. So when Norris Wilson was like, we got to get this kid. Huh. Norris Wilson. Incredible. Author of the You in the Green Shirt press Take conference. Take yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I, I didn't know that. That, yeah. that's, that is good stuff. And now he is, I mean, yeah, but by far, in my opinion, the best player in college football. Totally agree. All right, let's go, let's go to predictions and wrap this up. I, I think we're all probably going to pick Ohio State this week. I have a, a different way of doing this and uh, because of that. Let's just predict, will it be within the 28 and a half points? Number one, that's the line now. And number two, will Rutgers beat Ohio State in the next 10 years? And that's a serious question. Doug, Doug from, our friend Doug from Cleveland.com believes that he's, he's Ohio State, covers he Ohio State. That, published this. P- published it, the video with me, that he would, that they're never, never going to beat them. Next will, 10 years. I will say two things. I'll say, and people might, might be surprised, no, I think Ohio State is going to blow them out by more than 28 and a half. I thought that line was a little low. And I, I get that Ohio State has struggled. And I will say, yes, they will win a game. Because the one point I keep on coming back to is every program has their issues. And yeah. if Urban Meyer leaves, 
Rutgers I mean, beat Michigan. Yes, that's correct. And Ohio State, it wasn't so long ago that they had their own issues too, the tattoo scandal yep. and, and, you know, that, and they were, you know. They went I mean, six and five yeah, or five and six exactly. with Luke Fickle, Luke as, the Fickle head as the head coach. And so, yes, I get that Ohio State for the next 10, 20, 50 years, they have the tradition and they have, you know, they're always going to have uh, more, more resources. But at some point during, uh, over the next 10 years, yeah, I think Rutgers could beat them or will beat them. Yeah. I say no. Rutgers will not beat them in the next 10 years. <laughs> next 10, 10 years. years. Huh? Uh, I, uh, like Sarge, I kind of agree. I think they will beat them eventually. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think Illinois has beaten Ohio State. Indiana has beaten Ohio State. It's been probably 30, 40 years sometimes. Right. Yeah. But it does happen, like Sarge said. You just need the perfect you know, whirl of circumstances, like Brady Hoke being at Michigan and his team basically quitting on him, despite having tons of talent on that team. Mm-hmm. Um so it does happen. I just don't – the next 10 years, I mean, Urban Meyer could be there for 10 years. Urban Meyer's not uh, – we know he's, you know, burned yeah, out. Yeah, he's not – I doubt he's going to be there the next 10 but years. But he's, he's not it's, He's not 75, right. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He could mm-hmm. – and when he leaves, he's probably going to hand it off to yeah. somebody. Could be Greg. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I don't think so. Will Rutgers cover 28-and-a-half? Again, no, I don't think so. Uh, the, I think the ag- – all you need to know, really, is the aggregate score of the last yeah. two games is 108-to-7. So and Hayden Reddick threw the touchdown that makes up the seven. Oh my so. gosh! The I will trivia. say we came out of that press box thinking because Rutgers had a chance to beat Nebraska. That man, I know they don't play Nebraska that, every year. That's but like when is Rutgers ever going to beat Nebraska, Nebraska with their tradition and you know everything that they have going for them? Uh, on the point on the other side, and I'm not. Uh, and I think it. The Ohio State is the one program. That I would kind of say no. Like any other team in the Big Ten, you're going to tell me Michigan State, yeah, they're going to be in the Big Ten. I can see that. Ohio State's the one that's on such a level, churning it out now, winning. But you could have said the same thing, and I know the, the, the series record between Penn State and Rutgers is what, like 25 and 2, 28 and 2? Bill Dubiel, again, I got a Bill's better, Bill better listen to our podcast. Yeah. He led that team in there yeah. into state college and came out with a Scott victory. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not, it, 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 it'll take two things happen. It's going to take, obviously, this team getting to the point where it is in eight and four, back to bowl games, yeah. better than Maryland. And it's going to take a, a drop off. It's going to take Ohio State coming from where it is in the top pantheon, yeah. playoff team every year. Yep. And going down a little. And Indiana yeah. played with them into the third quarter. Uh, right. In, in week they're not one. as good as they but were two years ago when no, they yeah, came. They're here. not. Not anywhere near as good. But here's the thing. When you get that opportunity, you cannot blow it. Because yes. I look back at the 2014, and we all, Gary Nova, right. every day that goes by, Gary Nova uh-huh. is closer to having a statue built outside for him. <laughs> but Gary Nova threw five interceptions that right. day, and Rutgers lost 13-10. Should have won was better than Penn State that day. Yeah. And they let that opportunity go, and I have no idea when Rutgers is going to be. Yes, Barkley will be gone next year. McSorley will be gone and next Franklin year. Franklin could get an NFL oh, job yeah, or something. Something's he could. Happen but, I mean, but, 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 when that opportunity comes, you just can't let it go because the, those teams get better a lot quicker than Rutgers Rutgers is sooner going to be Penn State again than it will be Ohio State. I, I, I feel agree, good. I would agree with right. that. Yeah, I would agree with that, but it could be eight years and 15 years. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably another topic for another uh, podcast down the line, but everyone says, well, Rutgers will have resources in 2021. Well, guess what? Purdue has resources and all these other yeah. Big Ten programs. 
just because they'll have the resources in 2021 not, doesn't mean that they're going right. to be all of a sudden magically from 21 uh, to 25 it, are yeah. going to be you know, It's a, not like Rutgers gets a $55 million paycheck in 2021 and, and Ohio State gets zero. Yeah. They get the same $55 million paycheck they've been getting for It'll a long help time. Em. Did you It'll see this? Then there was a story in the Wall Street Journal that said uh, that Ohio State, this is what we're up against, Ohio State is worth, if it, they were selling as a football program, worth $1.5 billion with a B <laughs> dollars while Rutgers is worth 140 million. I just found that fascinating. That's like, that would be like, what's that? If the Cowboys were competing against who, you know I mean? It's just, when you think about it, it's just amazing. The, the, the level of uh, disparity, but that's now, what, what are like the Jaguars worth? You know, damn, it's, I don't think it's, well, it might be, because really that that's like one thirtieth, essentially 1.5 yeah. million. It's incredible. That's the challenge. And we'll be here to watch it guys. Right. Looking forward thir- Saturday night. I don't know how much I'll be watching, but <laughs> Saturday night here at High Point Solution Stadium. <laughs> yeah, we'll be building the slideshow watching the game. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week to check in on how they did and to uh, preview the bye week. Thanks. <laughs>